Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome to another episode of Level Up. I'm Daniel. I'm here with Katie. And as always, we thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Follow us if you aren't already, because we're going to keep the sweet real estate science coming your way every week. And today is no exception. Today we're talking about something of which we are very close to, and it's actually the the lifeblood of why our brokerage started and why we went forward with it initially, which is transparency in real estate and specifically the auction process that uh, exists all around the world, but uh, in our Canadian and specifically Ontario and Toronto market uh, has not and is something that we've brought into this market and are happy to talk about today to tell people a little bit about why and how it all works. Yeah, so as we get into this uh, new market that we're facing with more demand uh, for houses, particularly outside of the Toronto core, we're starting to see Durham region, York, uh, Peel really pick up uh, in terms of the demand and further out than that, I would say. Um, and we've just seen a lot of bidding wars, a lot of, you know, 30, 20, 30 offers on one property, which is insane, which reminds us of when we first started the auction or start thinking about creating this auction platform back in 2016, when we were kind of in a similar situation and we were looking for an alternative because we were facing bidding wars with our buyers particularly who are growing quite frustrated with the lack of transparency with the bidding war process. Yeah, and we've seen since then, even through what has been a challenging last few months for everybody in real estate and otherwise, there always seems to be a pocket or a a segment of the market where demand is going nuts Mm -hmm. and where it was condos and lofts for a while and still in some spaces is now, I mean, it's shifting out to larger spaces and homes in, in the outskirts, like you were saying, but with all of those spikes in demand come very frustrating situations that continue for buyers and their realtors. Uh, And in a lot of cases, the sellers who are confused about, what it is they should be selling their place for. And so the real reason behind that, uh, for the frustration at least, beyond the affordability and the pricing itself, is that people just don't know what to offer and they don't know what to trust and where to go with their approach to purchasing a home. And in some cases, as a buyer, they won't go to the number they'd w- they'd be willing to go to because they don't know if they're trying to go too high and then they don't purchase a home and see it sold for a number they would have been willing to pay. So that's one side. The other side is there's people who sometimes overshoot, offer way more than they needed to, and unbeknownst to them, overpay for a home, which also skews the market, making it harder for future buyers as well, because some of these numbers 
set a market value that really isn't in tune with what everyone else in the market is looking to pay or or would sustain for a home like that. Yeah, and I also find that the buyers that do win out in bidding wars, there's always the question, well, how far, how much more did I pay? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, most of the time you don't get that answer. You know, a few of the times I've heard from agents saying like, wow, it was a really close one, which obviously makes a buyer feel better knowing that they didn't go crazy. Um, but at the same time, you never know. And that regret could lead to buyers pulling out of a deal, even though it might cost them their deposit and a potential lawsuit. Uh, we saw in 2017, once the market started to really cool down, there was those instances where buyers were like, crap, like this is not good. I'm, I'm getting out, even mm-hmm. though it's, it might cost me some significant dollars. I'm not willing to you know, put the $200,000 over asking offer or, you know, continue with that, uh, sale because I don't feel like I'm going to end up in a very good position. And this is where it also ties to why we believe transparency and auctions are also good for the seller. Because when buyers are getting more and more frustrated, they don't just necessarily potentially pull out of deals after they've done them, but they choose not to participate in the first place the moment they see it's going to be an offer date or a bidding war situation. And it it stands to reason that if less people are participating and competing for a home who would otherwise be interested, the seller misses out on what could be a higher price for their home as well. Yeah, one way, and I always reference our friend uh, auctioneer who is in Australia and who's now in the GTA Mm -hmm. and who has been a great advocate for us in terms of what we're doing. Hi, Ray. Um, Ray Wood. (laughs) Um, And he always said there's no... How does he say it? There's no retail price. No. Yeah, yeah. There's no suggested retail retail price price for for real estate. For real estate, and and that rings so true because the value you can look at the comparables all you want, but if a person values the home the way they do, then that's what it's valued at. And when you're looking at a bidding war um, or an auction, like depending, like however high it gets is what the home is valued at. So pricing at a certain number, not underpricing, but pricing at closer to where you value it could potentially put a cap on the potential your home could get. Let's right. like let's say you value the home at 850, you price it at 860 to try to get a little bit, you know, higher to work down in negotiations potentially. What if somebody values it at 875 and they're competing with somebody else? Why price it at that number when you could potentially get more? So that's right. another way to look at it. And wouldn't it be nice, and we've seen that it is nice, so I'm saying this sort of hypothetically or rhetorically, Um, wouldn't it be nice if as the selling agent, when somebody calls and asks that, what do you want for this place? Or what do you actually think this is going to go for? Which is the question everybody asks. You could just say, you'll be able to see. Mm -hmm. Just participate in the auction and you don't have to guess and we don't have to speculate because it's going to go where the market tells it to go rather than, well, you know, give us your best offer and we'll see if it works. And then maybe we'll send everybody back to try again or maybe not. Um, Just last night, one of our agents was in a bidding war and um, what was a three offer situation turned into a 12 offer situation on a Hmm. Saturday night. Preemptive. Uh, Preemptive. This was not even on the offer date. Um, And when, when the dust sort of settled, he was one of three who were supposedly left, which he really doesn't know, but he was told he was one of three. 
However, he was considerably behind the leader, Mm -hmm. but they're giving him another chance. Everyone's definition of considerably is different. Absolutely. And so his buyer was just so turned off, even though his buyer had farther to go. And when this property sells, they might see they could have got it because of the communication. And it's no fault. This is the strategy that was chosen. And we've done, full disclosure, we've done listings. And we still do. We still do with offer dates and all that. We're not shunning or saying that that's totally a bad thing. But in certain situations we've understood that transparency can actually help both the buyer and the seller in the appropriate situation. So um, we could go on forever about the benefits and why we did what we did, and we will talk about it in the future as well. But let's talk a little bit about what it is that we do and how these auctions work and how we've made it work in a market that's not really used to seeing them. And I think structuring it in the way that we get, like we get maybe a handful, five or 10 very common questions from all agents, all buyers, all sellers that contact us. And we, we, we literally know the progression of how people are going to ask them now, just because we've done it so many times. I I could have our voices on a tape recorder (laughs) and when the phone rings, I could press play and it would be like in those sitcoms where there's just someone pausing and waiting because the conversation goes the same way. Yeah. They're all excellent. It's about 20 to 30 minutes. And Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a very useful discussion and we want to have it with as many people as possible, but this is one way at mass to start answering those questions for people who might not be familiar with. Yeah. So I think the initial question that we typically get is, how is this legal? That's a good one. Yes. Because um, as realtors under the uh, Reba Reba or now coming up Tressa, um, the rules that we must follow state that a realtor is not able to disclose the contents of an offer, which includes the price of a home. So how we have structured our company is that we have a separate auction company on the block auctions that operates independently with an an auctioneer. And should we choose to uh, do an auction for one of our properties, the auction company takes over that component of the sale in terms of the auction. So the brokerage and the agent have nothing to do with that side of things. Um, They're just responsible for the marketing and advertising, putting it on MLS, doing all the regular stuff that's come to be expected with listing a home. Um, And then obviously afterwards doing the paperwork and finalizing the sale. But the actual price part is the is the part that's conducted by the auction company right so it is merely what what i usually tell people right out of the gate to give them a perspective on the process is this is exactly what everybody is used to with an offer date it's exactly the same every part of it the showings the listing on mls the way that we market the property the paperwork at the end of it all it is just that process of coming up with a price that is where the auction is in play Um, The other thing that's important, too, is that everybody who participates, both the sellers, obviously, but all the buyers, are very clearly acknowledging that what price is being offered will be made public and will be visible by everybody else who's participating. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody who intends to keep their offer a secret and it's being disclosed. Um, identities are obviously protected of everybody who's involved, which is very important. So nobody knows who's bidding, um, other than a protected username that's in there. Um, but they do know and can see the history of all the bids that have been made in terms of the number that's on there. 
Yeah, and I think also in terms of the pricing strategy, we are pricing slightly under um, value, I guess. We're not going crazy like 200,000 over what it's worth, I mean, under what it's worth. Um, but in in terms of protecting the seller, so I guess in terms of pricing, it's important to note that the starting bid is the price that it's listed on MLS, mm -hmm. and that's where you start. And then you go up into set increments from there. In order to protect the seller, there's a reserve price in place, and that's the minimum the homeowner will accept for the home, which is in line with the value that we establish. Yeah, so everybody who participates is able to see in real time whether or not this reserve price has been hit. So mm -hmm. it isn't disclosed until it's reached. However, like Katie said, that number is not too far ever from the starting bid because we've realized and seen in practice that people participate considerably more the moment the reserve price is hit because once you know the sale is definitely happening people are a lot less nervous about what is going on and so that number is yeah the minimum number at which the seller is obligated to sell if the bidding doesn't reach the reserve price the seller may still accept the high bid, the high bid. So all bids are binding on the buy on the bidder. Um, but if it doesn't reach the reserve price, the seller may reach out to the leading bidder and negotiate mm -hmm. with now all the cards on the table. So the seller knows what the highest bid was. The bidder knows what the interest was, and that it wasn't necessarily the number the seller's looking for. But it gives an opportunity for a more transparent negotiation following the auction. Yeah, um, which we have seen as well in one or two of our auctions that we've run. Yeah. Um, it's important to note that these auctions are conducted online on the platform that we have. We do have the ability to do them live. We have not done one live yet. Um, we find the online is just a much more accessible option for everybody. They can do it for them from the comfort of their home. Um, agents, if you're listening, you know what it's like to sit on a driveway in a car waiting for an answer for hours and hours for your buyers to be in a coffee shop. Not so much now, mm -hmm. but used to be in a coffee shop held up for waiting and waiting to find out whether or not you bought this home. Luckily, you can just go on your computer and you can see at any point where the auction is. The auction will typically last three hours or so. Yep. Um, so it starts at a certain time, usually in the evening, like 5 to 8 p.m., so the bidding will start at that time. Um, obviously, things slow down throughout the three-hour process. You know, there's different activity bubbles depending on who's logging in and who's keeping track of things. But typically, half an hour out from the auction's end is where you see most of the action happening. Yeah. And in initially, to speak about the online thing, we built this online for a lot of different reasons, accessibility from anywhere, but also because the climate here doesn't lend itself to... Sure outdoor front lawn auctions in the winter time, which is what you see a lot of in Australia, things like that. Um, but I mean, now, especially in the age we're in, there's an added reason why being online is nice because large gatherings or people yeah, anywhere is not, uh, is not ideal. So uh, what it does, and, and what we talked about in the beginning is because you can see the price in real time, if you are a realtor representing a buyer or if you are the buyer and you see that the price has already gone beyond where you want it to be, it's not even about waiting in your shorts on your couch at home. It's about you don't even have to watch anymore because you know that it's got too high. Yeah. On, on the other side of things, if it's not anywhere near where you're willing to go price-wise, you can participate at any time, get in there, 
And it works, this, and so the way that it works is very similar to if you're familiar with eBay or other online auction platforms, the system's set up in such a way that you can either bid the next increment up, um, depending on what the price is at, there are different increments. Um, we have one that's coming out uh, soon, and I mean, you'll listen to this when you listen to it, but the next one we have right now is uh, lower than a million dollars as a starting bid, and so the increments are about 2000 at a time as a minimum. People have asked, well, what if I want to bid a dollar more or five dollars mm. more? It's deliberately increments that are large enough to keep the action going and to not make the auction go for months while uh, people yeah. are bidding a dollar at a time. Up until the reserve price. No, the increments stay they 2000 stay the same. Oh, okay, yeah, the, the, the same minimum yeah. always. Applies. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, it, the exception is if... So the way it works is you can put in a maximum bid. Mm-hmm. So let's say the bidding is at 750000 and you have a maximum of 900000 You don't have to bid 752000 which might be the next increment. You can bid 900000 as your maximum, and all that will show up in the auction is the minimum number that you need to be at to be in the lead. So if the current maximum bid of the leader was 750, your bid will show up as 752 and you'll be protected up until your 900,000 if anybody else bids in the interim. Mm-hmm. So if somebody else were to bid 775, but you already have a maximum of 900, you'll automatically outbid them to 777. And so on and so on up until and if your maximum is reached. So you're not obligated, and we don't know, and it's confidential in the system and encrypted what your maximum is, but it's protected so that you don't have to sit there and constantly watch and see if people are outbidding you so you get in there to, to, to beat them. Um, if your maximum gets outbid, you do have the opportunity. Another question people ask is, well, can I change my maximum? Mm-hmm. Can I improve? You can always improve. We encourage people to improve. Um, so if your maximum is outbid, you'll be notified by an email that you're no longer the high bidder. Um, and it's up to you and your clients uh, if you do want to improve your offer, yeah. which means everybody truly has a full opportunity to go exactly to the point they're comfortable with and know that they're winning it against someone who is literally a couple thousand dollars below where they're going to be. Right. And speaking of timeline, should uh, bidding go up into the last couple minutes of the auction, if somebody comes in within the last three minutes uh, with, with a bid, um, dissimilar to eBay, where it's the quickest click at the end, um, the auction will extend to give every prospective buyer the opportunity to place another bid should they wish to do so. So we've had instances where the auction ends at 8, but it ends up officially ending at 8.30, 8.45, because people keep coming in with those last minute bids. And it's just, it's human nature. People like to wait until the end. They don't want to show their cards, which, you know, is fine. Um, there's no real advantage to that other than you're extending the time of the auction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does give everybody an opportunity to make sure that they've placed their maximum bid. And uh, that makes the seller comfortable as well because they they know that they've given everybody the opportunity to come in with their best Bid. Right. There's no money being left on the table. Yeah. Um, even though we explain that every time, there is yet to be an auction where someone mm. hasn't bid in the last 10 seconds of the auction out of nowhere. And again, while that's fine, we encourage people to bid early because there really isn't a benefit. If there's a number that you're comfortable to go to, everyone's going to go to their best number. So locking it in early. And on that note, 
We also, in a lot of our auctions, offer what's called pre-bidding. So there's also situations where you might not be available from five to eight on offer night. And it's, you know, it's stressing you out, like you want to bid, but you can't be there or your internet connection's bad or whatever. If you're worried about that, you can log in at any point in time prior to the auction and put your maximum or an opening bid in, which stays locked away and, and confidential. But when the auction itself opens, you or whoever the highest pre-bid is opens the auction at a new number. And so everybody has the opportunity to get involved, even if it is beforehand. Uh, and the same situation would apply. If you do get outbid during the auction and you had a pre-bid, you'd be notified as well to come back. Now, if you can't be there to improve during the auction, that's very similar to an offer date situation. If you can't make the offer, then yeah. someone else will win. Um, but we've tried to make it as accessible to everybody as possible. You can do it from any device. Um, and uh, and the process. So we could talk a bit about the registration process and what you need. That's another big question that we get from people. Yeah, is, what do I need to bid? What do I need to bid? And a lot of agents, um, like a couple of uh, things that people automatically assume is that they have to be placing, like submitting an offer on paper every single time that they up their bid, which is not the case, which we'll get into in a minute. But the other thing is that a lot of agents are not so, not so in tune with this or not so, um, interested in this because they assume that we don't cooperate with them in terms of commission. Mm -hmm. And like we said before, the process is exactly the same other than how you determine the final price or, or the price in general. So um, it's important to note that, you know, agents still get the, the, the commission that we offer to them. And it's typically two and a half percent, which is in what it's yeah i mean it's on yeah know, it's standard. on the mls yeah, it's on the mls it's, listing and uh, and the registration ensures that the, the big question there too is realtors ask should i be doing the bidding yes or should my client be doing the bidding now the first thing i'll say is both are allowed however we strongly urge and recommend that it's the buyer who is doing the bidding for a couple of reasons. First of all, when they register, part of the registration process is identifying that they have a realtor and who that is. It's not meant to be something to, like Katie said, to shut out the realtors. Like mm -hmm. it involves the realtor from the get-go. But what's important is the way the bidding works is whoever is the winning bidder at the end is the name as the as the rules are written that actually populates the agreement of purchase and sale and the transaction itself. So when there's a buyer who's bidding, the moment it's over, that name is what goes onto the documentation. It doesn't mean that if you're a realtor bidding on behalf of your client that you can't tell us mm -hmm. that it's not for me, it's my client. But here's kind of the kicker. Part of the registration and the protection we put in for ourselves and for all the participants is that when you register to bid, there's no cost, but you do register with a credit card. That credit card is pre-authorized, not charged, for half a percent of the opening bid amount or of the list price. So if it's a million dollar home, there's a $5,000 pre-authorization that goes on the credit card. And what's that? what that's there for is a couple things. First, we authorize your identity, prevent against fraud with authorize.net, uh, which is a trusted security uh, program tied to credit cards and pre-authorizations. Uh, but probably more importantly, that money is held so that nobody does anything sneaky or funny or as we call delinquent bids 
mm-hmm. in the auction. So that, for example, is somebody who bids $5 million to try to screw things up or somebody who goes through with the purchase, keeps keeps bidding and bidding and bidding with no intent to actually sign the paperwork at the end. Mm-hmm. It's meant to prohibit and and be be something that gets in the way of anybody who might be thinking of doing that because there's a significant penalty for that. We've not run into any situation ever where that's right. happened. Yeah. But again, if you're a realtor who's bidding on behalf of your client mm-hmm. and you use your credit card on there and then your client walks away from the deal, you're going to be faced with the decision of either buying the home yourself mm-hmm. or you might be penalized. So uh, we do like to see the buyers participate, uh, use their credit card to register and uh, none of that money, again, has ever been charged, but it's there and it's held just in case to make everybody comfortable that they're up against legitimate and real potential Serious buyers. buyers. Yeah, definitely. Um, so once the auction is complete and the highest bidder has been decided and they've met the reserve or exceeded the reserve, that is when we will fill out the paperwork, all of the standard or forms that you're used to, and send it to the buyer's agent for them to review and sign. A very common question we get is what about conditions? Or what about them? What about what conditions? About conditions? <laughs> what about the terms of the agreement? Hey, what about conditions? <laughs> So because it is an auction and buyers are simply competing on price, that means all of the other terms of the agreement must be standardized. So we pre-populate the agreement of purchase and sale and make it available on our auction site prior to the auction so people can review it. It's all very standard information, things that you would expect with a, a traditional offer. So the deposit is set in line with what you would normally expect to pay for that price point of a home. Um, The closing date is typically a range or a specific date that has been determined by the seller. Uh, We typically urge sellers to provide some, you know, a window of time versus like a specific day just to make it a little bit more flexible. So the buyer can choose within that time frame what makes sense for them. Then, of course, there's the conditions. So that's the main thing. Um, We do a pre-list home inspection for our listings. So there is no home inspection condition. Uh, If it's a condo, we do provide the status certificate ahead of time. So there is no status certificate condition. The only one that we've offered and then sometimes not, depending on the situation, is a financing condition. And, you know, that comes down to a discussion with the seller, what they feel comfortable with, knowing the pros and cons of both. Obviously, not providing a condition for financing might cause some buyers to step back and not participate. However, providing a financing condition is obviously comes with the risks of the deal falling through after the fact. Yeah. And so it is a a very important conversation that mm-hmm. we have with our sellers because they can they can really go either way on it. If and when we do put a financing condition in, we're very careful with the wording we put in there. Um, so even though we might offer it, we do want to make it in such a way that it requires people who might need it to provide proof of if in fact they don't get financing, it's not something they can simply just not waive it and walk away. Um, and then all the other terms that fall into our, our schedule a, which is the standard thing are exactly what people would expect, you know, visits that people are entitled to, uh, typically, you know, broom swept condition of the home, things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, all the standard stuff we put in there. And so 
the entire agreement is set up and made available, as I think you said, for download Mm -hmm. on the auction site. This is another thing that the site itself where the auction takes place is almost like a a realtor.ca or MLS listing on steroids where all the pictures, all the videos, more information is there. There's no limit on the description and all that. But that's where you can also log in ahead of time and download the status certificate, the home inspection, floor plans, surveys, whatever information there is, because the price is the most important transparent piece of this. But we really built this whole process on the back of being open and transparent with information as well, Mm -hmm. so that people can go into this process feeling confident that what they're doing, they have all the information they could possibly need. And they're not going in blind um, just on price, but they can be comfortable with what it is that they're putting in an offer to purchase and what they're going to be signing. Yeah, as exactly. Well. So yeah, that that's... Uh... One more thing. Oh, no, okay. Well, I wasn't going to end things, oh, okay. but that's fine. Yeah, tell me the one more thing. <laughs> there might be like three more things. Um, there was an instance, or there have been instances where a buyer does not feel comfortable participating in an auction. Mm-hmm. And typically we do allow for preemptive offers um, in those cases. And it's happened to us a couple of times and we completely understand. And uh, some agents are like, well, if you're doing it this way, why would you allow early offers? Like, why don't you just go full tilt into the strategy you'd confirmed from the beginning? And that's a great question. Um, our, our concern is that because this is such a new process, we don't want to take buyers out of the process. We just want to make sure that the home is available to anybody to purchase. Right. This is meant to be a more people participating rather than less. Yeah. And for us, having some, and for anybody, when you introduce something new, as well intentioned as it is, or as good an idea as it might be in reality, mm. you have to be prepared that new things can be, can make people nervous. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken, you know, almost three years now to really refine this process in such a way that it's not just something that we can use and be comfortable with, but that we've actually done the uh, proof of concept through over a dozen auctions in the GTA where we also now are able to offer this and make this available to other realtors to use as a method of sale for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that is, uh, I guess, a little teaser that we can talk about at a later time, but unless we want to talk about it now. But uh, it basically is something that because the auctions are being conducted by our auction company, that becomes a service that hopefully is able to bring a process like this more into the mainstream. Because Mm -hmm. from what we've seen, it's something that really results in happy people and representatives on both sides of a transaction, which is something that's very difficult to accomplish. Because Mm -hmm. in theory, when a buyer is really happy, the seller's not. Or when a seller's really happy, the buyer's not. Or at least neither feels like they maximized the win, Mm -hmm. right? As realtors, you see a lot of people who are trying to feel like they quote unquote won or got the last shot in. This takes that out and just puts people in a place where they're comfortable that as a buyer, you got it for something you're willing to buy it for and you know that you didn't overpay. And as a seller, you know you extracted every maximum bid out of everybody who was participating. Yeah. Uh, the process itself is something we're really excited about. We've been happy to be doing them. I think also one last question from agents who are wanting to offer this to their clients is what makes a good auction right. candidate? Yeah. 
And I think, you know, for we've got this whole little chart mm-hmm. that we can send to people. But basically, anything that's going to get demand, that's going to have at least two people kind of going back and forth on price for a home um, is one thing. A lot of people think of auctions, in a, specifically in our market, as a method for distressed properties. And in our experience, this hasn't been uh, a a good candidate for the type of auctions that we're looking to do. We're looking to bring the transparency so that people feel comfortable going up to their max in a competitive environment. Um, with a distressed property, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's 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 the property, it's the seller, yes. it's the expectation, and it's the market. Um, because the property itself, I mean, any property could be suitable for an auction if the seller has an expectation that's reasonably within market and yeah. they're not looking to get the number their neighbor told them it's worth. If they're shooting to a number that goes beyond where your market analysis would say mm-hmm. is reasonable, an auction doesn't work because even though they're even though you could price it low, if you have a reserve price that's astronomical, you're setting yourself up for failure and it ultimately becomes a blind bidding war where people are even more frustrated because yeah. they're competing with themselves to get to a number that's not going to be reached. Right. Um like Katie said though, First and foremost, if it's not a property that's going to bring multiple people, the auction process is predicated on competition. One person competing against themselves just to bid up to a reserve price does not make for an entertaining auction. (laughs) And so even though it could work, those are not situations that are great. So if you have a very niche property where it's got yes. that one buyer out there, mm-hmm. um, those are not ideal for auctions because you're waiting for the one person. You're not waiting. You're not going to have 10 people fighting over it. Um, so when you're in hot markets and you're able to have a seller who might be the type who wants to get people in a bidding war and heard all about bidding wars and loves the fact that people are competing, this does that but in a really comfortable way. And then it just comes down to their price expectations because I can tell you when they've got reasonable price expectations and the reserve price is something that is within what you know your market analysis would say is reasonable, the price goes well beyond what that is. That's what paves the way for getting really good numbers for your sellers. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it more than once where we've had auctions with 40 and 50 bidders, mostly because the reserve price was reasonable. And we landed up setting records in both neighborhoods with the price that ultimately came in the auction. Uh, We definitely invite everybody, buyers and realtors and sellers and whoever else is out there, to uh, reach out, ask us more questions because we're really excited about the platform. Uh, again, we don't do it for we we do it for about fifteen percent of our listings. So yeah, it's not, it's not something... a lot. It's not meant to be a gimmick um, for no. for for a sale. Like a lot of people think about this and they're like, "Oh, isn't that isn't that sweet?" And it's like, no, we're we're <laughs> actually cute. we're trying to address a need in the marketplace that I think really speaks to not only buyers and sellers but also realtors and seeing what's going on in the market. Um, The other thing is that we do have a demo site on our auction platform that allows anybody to go and just check out what an auction is all about, bid on a pretend fake property and just kind of get a feel for it. So we have a lot of buyers and agents go to that site a lot of times before an auction just to try things out so that website is demo.otbauctions.com. Right. So if you go there, you can register with an email address and you can buy fake properties all day long. And uh, 
it's pretty fun. It's exactly how the process works in real life. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, we invite you to check that out. OTBauctions.com is the auction site. And you can get to the demo from there as well. Let's keep on moving with this because honestly, accessibility, transparency are two really key things that buyers and sellers are looking for in this market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're an industry where the most important thing is trust and relationships. Yeah. And so that's why we built this thing and we want other people to feel comfortable with it as well. And setting yourself apart as a realtor as well. If you could mm-hmm. provide this as an option, it might not be the option, but what we've found as well is, you know, people call us to learn more and they might not choose to be have an auction, but then at that point we have the listing and then we can represent them as best as possible through whatever means of sale um, they want to use. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's an exciting thing. People raise their eyebrows in one way or another. And when you are able to differentiate, it's something where it starts conversation where otherwise you might not have been able to have it. So we can talk forever about it because we've been living this for years, (laughs) but we will uh, shut it down for today and we will no doubt talk about it more in the future. Uh, We thank you for listening and we will be back at you next week where you can level up something else. (laughs) Have a good week. Bye-bye. Level up, 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 level up,